Hello, my name is Nola Bloom, and today I'm sharing an episode about deepening your meditation practice. So starting a meditation practice can be very challenging for many, especially those who were not raised with any sort of mindful practice when they were growing up, but with the right tools and guidance, anybody can experience the benefits of meditation. So in this episode, I'll be covering different techniques that you can use for optimal mindfulness, such as your seated position, aromatherapy, yin yoga, the use of third eye trishi, positive affirmations, as well as silent meditation retreats. And towards the end of the episode, I'll actually be sharing my personal and very challenging story of attending a silent meditation retreat in Thailand over 10 years ago and what that experience was like. So stay tuned to the end and please remember to give my show a five-star review. So I have been teaching meditation and yoga for about 15 years. I started teaching just yoga and I was at the sanctuary. We had guided meditation in the evenings. And although this wasn't something that I really learned in my teacher training, I was all of a sudden put in a position to be teaching one hour meditation classes and I've developed a lot of techniques to help beginners over the years, and this episode, I just want to explore a lot of different techniques that can help you as a beginner or if you are already a meditation practitioner. So before we begin, I want to remind you that I'm here to support you not only through this podcast, but also through one-on-one meditation coaching sessions. And If this is something that you feel you want to dive deeper into and receive personalized guidance, then I invite you to explore the coaching sessions available on my website. So as we get into the techniques, I want to first talk about the importance of being really comfortable and finding that perfect seated position. If you want to be able to be still, it's so important that your body is really comfortable. When you're sitting with a nice straight spine, then the energy can circulate up the spine. So you can use the traditional cross-legged postures like half lotus or full lotus if your hips are really open, but most people are more comfortable in just the half lotus position, even if you can do full lotus. You can also try kneeling and placing cushions underneath your body so that you feel comfortable and stable. There is a profound connection between yoga and meditation. Essentially, yoga, asana means seat, which you, if you're new to listening to Sanskrit, you'll find when you go to a yoga class, if teachers are using Sanskrit, then almost every posture ends in asana, like virabhadrasana or trikonasana. Virabhadrasana is warrior two, and asana in Sanskrit means seat, as originally yoga only had seated positions for kind of waking up the spine and the hips, essentially so that you could sit in meditation postures for longer. So they really go hand in hand, and some people start with yoga that takes them wanting to learn more about meditation, or people start with meditation, and it inspires them to want to learn more about yoga. But they really complement each other. One is to open up the body and to make it more comfortable. The other is cultivating focus. So what you learn in meditation can be applied in yoga and what you learn in yoga classes can be applied in meditation. 
harmonious combination helps develop a present moment awareness. The intentional breathwork in yoga that can act as a bridge, allowing you to seamlessly connect your breath and uniting mindful movement and conscious breathing, you cultivate a state of heightened awareness and receptivity, and that becomes a seamless flow between your yoga and meditation. And it's important now to turn our attention towards one of the fundamental techniques in meditation, which is focusing on your breath. Redirecting your attention to the breath is a powerful and transformative practice that cultivates mindfulness and anchors you firmly in the present moment. And during meditation, we pay close attention to the sensations of each inhale and each exhale. And we want our breath to be like a metronome in an even, consistent rhythm for the duration of the yoga practice and for the duration of meditation practice. And it takes concentration to breathe slowly and mindfully, and that becomes part of the meditation. Essentially, the breath often mirrors what the mind is doing. And so if the mind is being really overactive and spinning and spinning and spinning, then the breath will often mimic that. And just to give you an example, if you think about if you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack and the mind is going and going and going and racing, then that kind of has this mirror effect where the breath will start to speed up and breathe rapidly, which can also take it deeper. Where is it when you consciously slow the breathing down? This can actually help you in an anxiety or a panic attack by consciously closing your eyes and taking a few deep breaths can help to calm the mind down so you can make clear decisions when you're in kind of an erratic state. And this is what we're doing in a meditation practice. By breathing very, very slowly, it helps to slow the mind down. So anytime you notice that the mind is caught in a story, then the breath often quickens. And this is also how cultivating this deep connection with our breath through yoga and meditation practice actually can help us become a more peaceful person. And we learn this in, in yoga and meditation. By consistently practicing breath-focused meditation, you develop a stronger sense of awareness, tranquility, and the ability to be fully present. And it's important to know that our minds will often wander when we are learning meditation. And so using the techniques and the tools that I'm offering you helps to bring you back to the breath. So the mind is usually in the future or it's in the past whenever it's worked up. If it's in the future, you're thinking about an upcoming event and the mind is spinning and spinning, creating scenarios. And this can often create a lot of anxiety. Obviously, this can be helpful when we are planning or putting things together. We do need to think of in the future a little bit, but often these repetitive thoughts that just go over and over is a lot of waste and energy that takes you away from the present moment. On the flip side of that, when you are in the past, you're thinking about something, event that has already happened, and you're spinning it over and over again, as if you could go back and replay the scenario and change things. However, you can't. So again, it's just a lot of wasted energy that takes you away from the present moment. So when we're trying to cultivate awareness in the present moment and the mind comes in, 
if you gently identify that story as past or future, it helps you identify that you are in fact in a story and can bring you back to the present moment by focusing on the here and now. And the breath is always happening now. And also watching the pauses between the breaths is another way to help you stay in the present moment. Then the breath becomes this moving meditation point as you watch the breath go in, watch the pause, watch the breath go out, watch the second pause. If you watch only the inhales and the exhales, you can get distracted very easily. By watching the full cycle, when the stories come in, it's a lot easier for you to allow the thoughts to just pass like clouds passing through the midnight sky and just stay focused on the breath. The more that you do this, the easier it becomes. And obviously there's going to be times in your meditation practice where you'll get pulled out and you don't even notice it. You're all of a sudden in a story, you're going blah, blah, blah. And then if you just like, give it the label past, present, or future, you can come back to the moment and ask yourself the question, now what is in the present moment? Well, there's going to be the breath that's always happening here and now. And there's going to be sensations in your body, sounds that go around you. And these just help to bring you in the present moment. I also want to introduce the practice of yin yoga. If you have never practiced yin yoga before, it is a perfect merging of meditation and yoga. Yin yoga involves long holds of gentle yoga poses that are performed close to the ground and allow for deep stretching and release of tension in the body. Now, the essence of yin yoga lies in the stillness for each pose for an extended period, often three, five, seven minutes sometimes. And the profound stillness is this opportunity for us to cultivate a meditative state of mind where focus on the breath becomes paramount. The slow, deep breathing of yin yoga serves as an anchor, guiding practitioners into a profound relaxation. And the combination of the long hold stillness and deep focus on the breath Yin yoga helps us to explore the subtle realms of our beings and foster a deep sense of calm and connection. So incorporating yin yoga into your meditation and yoga practice, it helps to further deepen your experience and uncover new dimensions of tranquility. Another meditation technique is the use of the third eye drishti or the gaze. This technique involves directing your attention to those space between the eyebrows, also known as the third eye chakra. This is the center of our intuition, our insight, our inner knowing. And focusing the gaze here during meditation helps to deepen our concentration and enhance the spiritual connection. So by steadying the gaze on the space between the eyebrows, also known as the drishti, it just helps to calm the mind down and settle the mind by settling the gaze. Another technique is the realm of aromatherapy. Aromatherapy engages the sense of smell, creating a soothing and serene atmosphere that supports a deep state of meditation. 
I like to use therapeutic-grade essential oils such as Young Living. One of my favorites is lavender. I like to do lavender meditation journeys where you just focus on the aroma of lavender as you inhale it and visualize yourself moving through a lavender field. You can also use frankincense or sandalwood and diffuse oils in your meditation space and the gentle fragrance helps to create a serene atmosphere. Another one of the tools for meditation is going to be music. I like to use music that is specifically tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, which is believed to resonate the natural frequency of the universe, and this fosters a sense of harmony and balance. I use the 432 hertz a lot as background music uh, in a lot of my podcasts, and Insight Timer is an excellent resource for meditation. They have so many two, three-hour tracks that are just beautiful background tracks. And as I discovered this, I use them when I'm giving massage, specifically Ayurvedic head massage, as it helps to relax my clients and to relax me. I love to use it for my own yoga practice as well as when I'm teaching yoga. And obviously for meditation, as the 432 hertz just brings the mind down into this beautiful, calm state. So if you're not on Insight Timer yet, I invite you to check it out and you can follow my profile, which also has lots of playlists for yoga and massage. Next, I want to talk about the power of affirmations to enhance your meditation practice. Now, affirmations are positive statements that, when incorporated to your meditation routine, can help to rewire your thoughts and beliefs, fostering a more optimistic and empowering mindset. So during your meditation practice, you can choose affirmations. You can say a couple of them during, or you can say them with your breath, saying such as, inhale, I am calm and centered, or... Exhale, I embrace inner peace. Now you can play around with different ones that work for you. You can say them at the beginning, or you can also use them if your mind is getting really distracted and you're having a day where you just find you cannot be still. Why not play around with a couple of affirmations and perhaps you can use them for the entire meditation or only when you find that they are serving you. Writing your own affirmations and recording your own voice can be a powerful practice that helps to deepen the connection of affirmations. I actually listen to my own affirmation guided meditations a lot. It's, it's actually most powerful coming from your own voice. And you can do this by just rewriting them, then just record them in your voice and repeat them back, listening to them. It could be just one over and over, or it could be a different concept. I have lots of different ones on my podcast, like prosperity and abundance. I've got morning affirmations as well as beauty and self-love and always Feel free to comment at the bottom of the meditations or if there's something specific, go ahead and add a comment. Say, can you make one of this or how they resonated with you? And it's just important to find affirmations that speak to your soul. And this is how they can guide you towards a more positive state of mind. Another concept that I want to explore is sleep meditations. And they are specifically designed to help you relax and unwind before bed. That can help 
promote a restful night's sleep. They incorporate soothing imagery and, and gentle breathing exercises, calming visualizations, and it just helps to release tension in your body and help you relax. You can have sleep meditations as part of your nighttime routine. I started creating sleep meditations when I was having insomnia and someone recommended them to me and I was already getting into the guided meditations on insight timer a lot and started listening to other people and then I was like wow these are really beautiful and again knowing that your own voice can be the best source of meditation I created my first meditation to help me sleep as it's like my own voice guiding my own subconscious and then I ended up putting it on my podcast I have a playlist also on insight timer that starts with my 35-minute tranquility sleep meditation followed by hours of different sleep music that I have collected over years of being on Insight Timer. So definitely check that out. Another key to developing a meditation practice is consistency and the number of sessions per week. So if you're wanting to really dive into it, then setting a routine of a certain times, you know, three, four times a week, maybe set a reminder in your phone and gradually increasing the meditation time. Another thing that you can do is a 30-day challenge. I always like to do these 30-day challenges, mostly because I know how much they work for me. I actually did a 30-day challenge when I started practicing yoga I'm to go back to my roots. I actually hated yoga when I went to my first class. I went to a power vinyasa class and I'd never done yoga or meditation before. And of course, it was like almost acrobatical. And I thought that was yoga and I'm never going back. And I didn't practice it for a really long time. And then I ended up moving in with a couple of girls who were working at Lululemon in a share house in Whistler, and they were all going to yoga all the time. And I had just come back from Thailand and when I moved in with them, and I was really suffering in the cold of Canada, and they were all going to these classes, invited me to go to Bikram's and convinced me how much I would love going to this Bikram's class. And it was the heater that convinced me to go because I was so cold. And of course, I went to my first Bikram's class and I absolutely loved it. And I couldn't believe that it had taken me so long to discover this. And I went back the next day. Most, and I didn't even care about the yoga. I just wanted to be in the hot room. And I started to go to Bikram's quite often. But of course, yoga, the, the yoga starts to take over. And I started to realize that there was something behind it. And that's when I decided to do a 30-day challenge and do yoga every day for 30 days. And since then, yoga has been a part of my life. So there were bad days, obviously. It's not like every day was a blissful journey. Lots of stuff came up, but I had committed to doing every day for 30 days. And I had a yoga teacher that was supporting me in this journey. And obviously, many years now, I'm now sharing things that worked with for me. So a few moments of stillness and reflection in the morning can have a profound impact on how you interact with others throughout the day or even just a little bit before sleep or sleep meditation. Another thing that you can do if you're really struggling is to try a silent meditation retreat. 
Now, this is obviously a big commitment because it's 10 days of silence. I did a silent meditation retreat in Thailand at Swan Ma, which is quite a famous meditation retreat. I'd already been teaching yoga and meditation for a couple of years before I went to a silent retreat. I think this was probably close to 10 years ago now. I'd obviously always wanted to do them. I always had a bit of a spiritual checklist being a yoga teacher, things like I needed to do to, you know, call myself a yoga teacher. I was a bit weird. I am still a bit weird. <laughs> anyway, I really had to do a, a vipassana. And when I finally went on one, it was really hard. I actually wrote a story about it when I was finished called My 10-Day Journey into Badness as it was so hard. And my body went into, was in a lot of pain, sitting for those long durations. So I feel like I, I had a little bit of an edge over the other people because of my yoga practice. But even that, like sitting, starting your day at 4.30 in the morning, and these long sets of three hours. I mean, you'd have some breaks and there was also walking meditation, but it went on until 9.30 at night. And then you go back to your quarters where you have a concrete slab and to sleep on with the thin bamboo mat and a wooden pillow. Now, I did know about the wooden pillow, so I brought my own cushion. However, it wasn't enough. And over the pain of being there a couple of days at night, I started to steal my meditation cushion from the meditation hong as we all had a side seating and I would put it underneath my parka and go back to the room so that I could get more comfortable. However, in over the days, I think about day four or five, I started to have crazy bouts of anger and I wanted to kill something. It was, the anger was so intense, like it was blood boiling. And I was in my room when I remember just wanting to scream and everything was like concrete walls and a wooden pillow. And you weren't allowed to scream, obviously, because it was a silent meditation retreat. But then after around six days, my mind started to calm down and I had the task of cleaning the toilets every day, which was just horrendous. And... I remember going in about round day eight and I went to clean the toilets, whereas every day I was almost puking and gagging, having to empty out the toilets because in Thailand you can't put toilet paper in the toilets. Obviously, I lived in Thailand, so I was already used to using the sprayer, but for all of the foreigners, they were putting all of the sanitary pads and all of the gross stuff into the bins and I had to empty it and I almost felt like it was punishment. And But then on the eighth day, I remember going so deep into meditation that I came out of the meditation hall and I went to empty the trash. And then afterwards I went to the hot springs and I got into the hot springs and I remember having this epiphany, realizing that I had just cleaned the toilets, emptied all of the trash and did all of the stuff with absolutely no reaction. Like there was no reaction. And that was, it was like the penny dropped and I understood why I was there and and I, why I got stuck with cleaning the, the toilets. So that was my journey. I did stay the 10 days. I think there was about 150 people that started. And by the end, there was probably 75 people that lasted. I'm really stubborn. And I knew if I ever left, I would never go back. And it was such a profound experience because when we were allowed to talk after the 10 days, I remember how hard it was to communicate. And the whole time that I was in there, I was writing this story, which is on my website if you want to check it out. 
and it's called my 10-day journey into madness and I was writing it over and over in my head and I didn't want to forget it and while I was waiting for the bus I opened up my computer and I started to try to get this whole story down and I looked at the screen and every single word was spelt wrong like I couldn't believe it I had actually forgotten English like I just forgot it and then I realized that I was pushing my mind to do something and it actually made me laugh and that I couldn't spell. I just completely forgot how to spell and I just closed my computer and closed my eyes and actually just meditated there while I was waiting for the bus because I had already just been dropping in for 10 days. And then obviously being around in the busyness of the travel back to Copenhagen, the English came back, but it was pretty funny to have gone through this experience of forgetting English. And I do recommend meditation retreats. Everybody has a different experience. Mine was particularly challenging, but however, I did really learn how to meditate as they take everything away from you. They take away your phones and computers and you really just have to sit there and be with yourself. But after all of the stimulation drops away, the stillness comes and it's given me such a profound understanding of meditation, I can drop into that space so much easier. And I also teach from that place. So if you really want to learn about meditations, it's really something to consider. And maybe you're not ready quite now, but it could be something on the path. It took me five years of wanting to do one before I actually did. So, you know, when the time is right, then I recommend trying it. And obviously, if you want to have some coaching or personalized guidance, then do reach out about my one-on-one -on -one meditation sessions. You can explain to me where you're at with your journey, the challenges that you're having. I can guide you on a one-on-one -on -one meditation journey and offer these a lot of these techniques in that session. And you can tell me about what you're interested in, and I can cater the meditation practice, especially for you. So again, please see my website if you want to learn more about that. Also check out my podcast and all of my other affirmations, my sleep meditations, follow my insight timer. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be eternally grateful for a five-star review on my show. Also check out the donation links. If you would care to leave a donation, you can buy me a coconut. And until our paths cross again, take a deep breath, allow your body to relax and allow the serenity of meditation to guide you along your sacred path. Namaste.